You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and uh, this is it. This is the last game preview episode of the 2023 season. How do you feel? Well, I think, you know, first thing first, how do you, how do you feel, Grump? I know we both had colds that are never going away. What's We should have a recurring theme on this show. How do the uh, how do the hosts feel? So how yeah, do you feel right now? A temperature check on the temperature check. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm I, I still sound a little nasally and a little pinched in my uh, nasal bridge area, but I'm feeling a lot better. I'm still working from home, but uh, I'm making my way out of there. I'm crawling out of my 2023 cave here. Same, same. You know, this cold, which I'm expecting to have through the spring, it's just not going away. But right now. I am feeling better. I got a big weekend, uh, Grump, going to Philly tomorrow to see the Knicks play the Sixers, Saturday to D.C. to see the Knicks play the Wizards, and then Sunday, if all things work out with weather and stuff, Giants-Eagles. So, uh, nice little triple header. So, this game, Giants-Eagles, this is a big week, Um, you know, just because it's week 18 and we're out of the playoffs does not mean it's not a big week. I still hate Philadelphia with every ounce of my body, and that that means that I will be locked in for from 425 to 7, what do you think, 7? 7.30? Yeah, it's really the only thing I'm even debating if I don't go to the game is I just don't want to deal with those cheesesteaks coming up and acting like typical assholes. I mean, I know none of everybody in our – Section is going to be there, so that means you're probably going to have uh, those idiots probably buying those tickets on StubHub. And worst thing is them coming down from the those you know the cheap asses who come all the way up and come down in our section and act really annoying. So that's that's my debate point. Do I want to bother with that when I have nothing to say and you know it's the season's over? So I got to weigh that. I I can see if uh, our buddy next to us will be there. I can text him. See yeah. if you so you're not alone. Yeah, that's true. Um, it is supposed to be a snow game, uh, potentially. Uh, I know right now it's still early because it's Thursday. Things could change. It said snow in the morning, uh, so it may not snow game time. Uh, thoughts, feelings? That makes me more excited to go. I know even Cranky Wife wanted to go to a snow game, and she was considering going. I, I mean, she sucks because her 49ers are one of the few teams right now, us and I think the Giants and the Niners – know their fate going into this weekend. The, the 49ers have home field throughout. They have a bye week, and we know we're not in the playoffs. So uh, she's just going to sit back with that smug look on her face and uh, enjoy the football weekend. So she might join us out there. So if we do go and you're at L16, you get me a rare Frankie wife sighting. And you can throw uh, snowballs at her if you want to. I think the last time she was at a game was the Larry Donnell catch game. The last time I was at a game with her. I believe so. Yeah. That's a that was a tough one. That's mm-hmm. not that's not fun. No. <laughs> um, so you know, it's kind of frustrating looking back. You know, Christmas Day we almost won that. Sorry, the Giants almost won that game because the Eagles almost totally lost it. Which is, I think that's probably the most factual way I could phrase that. 
Um, and yeah. if they had won that game, I could say to you right now that the Eagles are on such a huge slide that they haven't won since November 20th. That Christmas yeah. game is the exception, and remember, they almost lost it. Not the Giants almost won it. They almost lost it. Looking back, I, I would probably describe Sunday for them as them losing the game as well. You know, at halftime, that score was 21-6. to They ended up losing to a three-win Cardinals team. You know, with, I think, like maybe 20 seconds on the clock, they scored a touchdown to go ahead. Eagles could only muster a field goal. Um, this... This is there is legitimate panic in Philadelphia. So like I follow Philadelphia accounts. I just don't interact with them just to, you know, keep a beat on what's Temperature going on check. there. Yeah. yeah. And uh I've watched it descend into absolute madness. Like uh, they are going bananas over there. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, you know you have like the uh, the devil on one uh shoulder and you have the angel on the other because you kind of like yeah, I kind of would like to lose this weekend obviously the the, the bolster the draft pick and all that but the other side of me is like it'd be kind of fun to you know prevent them having to having to play in a wild card game and, and be the uh, the reason for that so there's some conflicting thoughts coming up for this weekend but i guess what do you think has been the biggest problem they've had this year i mean obviously they have they have different coordinators you know but you would think as the season went on things would start getting better not worse do, do you think it's a question of somewhat like hurts being hurt or the defense being the problem? What do you think is the biggest issue with the Eagles right now? I don't think I know what the biggest issue is, but I can just say that I, I, I guess the biggest issue is that nobody else seemed to see the cracks, right? Yeah. Um, there were cracks, and and by nobody, I guess I mean fans, right? Like, or, or maybe the front office didn't deem the cracks to be that sufficient, but there's cracks. And I, I think I did a pretty good job of pointing them out before this year started. I, I, I thought I was exaggerating them at the time, but if you really look at all the wins this year, like a lot of them were kind of close. Uh, so considering that and this slide at the end here, maybe I didn't exaggerate them, but you know, you have the, the, the coordinator turnover is a massive one. I think losing TJ Edwards in the defense is a huge one. Um, Having to rely on James Bradbury and Darius Slay again as your starting corners, they were hurt early, um, early on. And, you know, that was kind of like the excuse, I think, for a little bit. But the pass rush isn't even remotely close to what it was last year. Exactly. Remember, like, and I don't have a good reason for it. I don't know why that is like they're still really talented they've stayed could up to date be, could with be a different scheme with a different coordinator who knows it, it, it very well could be you know and I, i'm this isn't a case study in philadelphia um so i don't i don't know what the issue is i think hertz is limited in a capacity where you know last year was we were allowed to see the best version of jalen hertz and i think it's very difficult to tell what is actual progress and what is the result of it's a team sport man like it's it's the ultimate team sport i always say that about football because it requires 11 guys to be on the same page winning their individual battles and doing the correct things so when that happens it makes everybody look amazing it really does um and especially the the quarterback doesn't get blamed for anything when everything works so um you know, I think that there's all those things involved. They're still a really good team. And in all honesty, they were beating the shit out of us on Christmas early yeah. on. Uh, and quite frankly, they were beating the shit out of Arizona early on as well. 
Um, but I think, you know, when I watch clips of games and stuff, when I watch them play, I, I would guess that the biggest problem is that I can see quarterbacks for the other team being able to sit back and make throws, right? I would say so, yeah. Now the question, you know, if we were a healthier team with a starting quarterback, a legitimate starting quarterback, I would feel a little more confident we could actually win this game. But again, if you watch the film with Tyrod Taylor last week, he's fallen back into the I just don't trust him category. It does, but but let's look back to the last game. Last game, we started Tommy DeVito and pulled him and put in the veteran. And while I made the case, and I stand by it, that that's the better situation to be in, um, it's always going to be best when you have a guy who is fully prepared start the game and complete it. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the the two weeks made a difference. That switch up made a difference in how the team was operating. I think it you know, you could say it's the slow way to do it. I don't think there was any need to rush. So um My my point my point being what you just jumping off what you said before is like Philly is still a good team. They have a lot of talent and I'd rather go into a battle with a gun than a knife. And I feel if we had Daniel Jones we'd have the gun and Tyrod Taylor is still a knife. You know, Absolutely. Uh, Tommy DeVito might be a pea shooter, but, uh, you know, we still only have a knife going to the Spitballs. It's a straw and, you know, the wrapper. Um, What's interesting about this game is that the Eagles are uh, hurt. They're coming into this one, and Devontae Smith got hurt very late in that Cardinals game, I think. I I think he got his ankle rolled up on. As far as I know, he has not practiced yet. If you're the Eagles, you've clinched a playoff spot. I have to imagine that he sits no matter what. Um, I know winning this game means you get home field. Losing this game means you don't, and you have to play a wild card game. But losing Devontae Smith is—you need him healthy for that game, whatever it is. There's, what, yeah, whether no it's home field it. advantage or not, you're going to need yeah. him. So there's that. Darius Slay is only just now coming back from surgery. He was out on a short-term IR uh, knee I, surgery. I do you know if he's playing? I know he's practiced in a limited capacity. My guess would be he might just get a couple of snaps here and there, maybe just to get, you know, so he's not a week rustier going to a playoff game. But I don't expect to see him with a lot of snaps at all. And Jordan Davis has an ankle injury. He's been limited in practice as well. So if you, first of all, I don't care whether Darius Slay plays or not. I think Darius Slay is way overrated at this point. Like, he's a cover corner. I don't think he's a... But he's a starter. He's just, but he's a starter. But that may, yeah. if he's coming back from knee surgery, he's, I'm sorry, he's not 100%, which means someone can right. run by him, which I think that some people can run by him even if he were healthy. So I, I think that that's, whether he plays or not, that is a target lock. We can do something with that. And that's a Tyrod Taylor advantage that we have that we didn't have with Tommy DeVito, as you have seen since right. he's been back. We have seen Jalen Hyatt. We have seen... Um, Darius Slayton twice. Slayton get get loose behind uh, corners. So that might be... We only need to hit like one of those in this game to make a real difference in this game. And at least the threat is there that you know they have to consider it. Theoretically, having that threat should open up things like the run game and it should open <laughs> up things like Darren Waller. It's probably more likely to open up things like Darren Waller than it is the run game. I, I, I know 
that Arizona was able to run on them, I don't. We stink. Uh, I'm just as a we running six, team, we, we are very bad. Sixteen weeks of evidence with this this offensive line and one of the best running backs in the NFL, and we just cannot run the ball for whatever no. reason. I don't all of a sudden magically expect to, to do it this week. I really don't. Though I will say, Jordan Davis, if he can't go, that would be a, a something. It would help. Something. Hey. It, not gonna hurt <laughs> and when i look at the giant side I, you know jason pinnock might not play looks like a his toe injury i guess it's a toe i thought it was like a whole ass foot and ankle but i guess it's just a toe injury um he hasn't practiced yet this week i don't think but other than that it looks like deontay banks might play which is something we didn't have last week so yeah i would say injury advantage other than the quarterback one we would have that advantage yeah uh, we're coming yeah, into this pretty healthy It'll be interesting to see how we deploy personnel. I mean, I don't think we're not going to go into this game, you know, in full tank mode, obvious tank mode. You know, every the starters are going to play. They're going to play, you know, their snaps. The question is going to be coming, you know, second quarter or coming out of halftime and we're down 14 or we're down 17. Do we see guys like, you know, veterans, you know, the Dexter Lawrence's of the world, uh, you know, all of a sudden being rotated out and not coming back again. Because again, you know, it'd be great to beat this team, but I think you know, once it, once victory seems like it's going to be more and more of a remote chance to actually happen, I think you might see liberal substitutions for a different prize other than victory. Something will never be said, but actions will speak louder than words. Yeah, and I think I agree with that. Um... I yeah. I think we all should agree with that. I think that's that's the prudent way. I mean, if victory is in, it's, if it's there, go for it. I mean, yeah, I, I just see like I don't know that my threshold for it's there is the same as theirs. So yeah, I think I think when it's out of reach, we'll see. But like, you know, I know it's it's hard. We don't really have a whole lot of precedent of that happening. And there's a couple games that were super duper out of reach. Now they were earlier in the season, so you don't want to give up on stuff when right. you know every win counts. But we've we've had arguments on trains. Like, why the hell is Daniel Jones getting clocked around right now? Well, that's that. Yeah, that's when we do our postmortem on this season, and we kind of talk about the coaching staff, all the good things they did, and all the bad things we did. That that topic will be brought up by me. But you know, what is that threshold? Is that threshold they're down two scores or three scores? Is it they're down thirteen? I, I don't know what that's going to be, and. That'll be interesting to see where that line is, you know. So uh, what I'm going to say to you is, here's my my prediction and thought. Okay. Unless that, unless we're down four scores, I don't think anyone's coming out before halftime. I think they'll make their decisions at halftime whether people come back out or it's like they'll come out for one drive, right? Like if we get a stop on defense and then score a touchdown, okay, then they can stay in. Oh, we did it again. Oh, now it's only a two score game. Then they stay. But it's like they do that one drive. We didn't stop them. Now it's five scores. Okay, Dexter Lawrence is sitting. Then we go and run the offense. We didn't score. All right, cool. Saquon Barkley's coming off. I think that's kind of how it's going to go. I think halftime will be the decision or when the moves were made. I don't think it's going to be that much of a out-of-reach score. I think if this is something like And I, I think there's there's a reason for that, right? Like not only have the Giants been able to come back from deficits this year – They've been able to adjust at halftime really well, but also Philly has really screwed up leads. Yeah, I. But also, it's different when you're in the middle of the season versus the end, and you know very specifically what to do. Versus, you know, we're still playing this season. We are not 
we're not done. That last game of the year is different, I think. I think that uh, that hope they can come back and that, quite frankly, that want to come back may not be there at the very end. And also, I I just think this, you know, this Philly team is going to be ultra super motivated to win and keep their foot on the gas. We know the hard on this team has for the Giants anyway, but now with the, you know, they want to play at home next week. They don't want to go on the road to somewhere they don't want to go to. I mean, shit, home cooking is important. Hit, and, me, with, hit uh, me with a prediction. I want to know what you think is going to happen, and then I want to know what you want to happen. I want exactly what happened last week. I want this team to play competitive. I want this team to show they still care. I want this team to show that they are 100% behind this coaching staff, that this coaching staff is coaching to win, and I want to lose at the very end. I want to be entertained for 59 minutes and 59 seconds and then lose. That's that's what I want. What do you well, think no, no, is no, going to no, happen? No, okay, let go ahead. Let, let me back right. that up a bit. Okay. I don't want to lose that way. I don't want to lose on a last-second field goal. That would really annoy me. I want to be very competitive for about 54 minutes and then fall behind, and that's then we lose. Then I won't be as annoyed and pissed about it. That's what I would hope. That would make me happy. It would give me entertainment for almost three hours and an outcome that is favorable for this team going forward. Um, what I think is going to happen is I think Philly is going to beat the shit out of us. I, I, I just do. I just I, – again, I, I, they have everything to play for. I think you know, they are much better than we are. I, I think it's kind of a you – know, some of these people think that – you know are getting lulled by Philly that, you know, they're worse than they are. We're pretty bad. We are still a pretty bad team. I think they're just going to, they're going to take care of business and, and beat us handily by at least two scores. I think that you're right. I, th- I think that we might, I think there's a chance that we'll hang around like in the beginning or something like that. But I, I think there's going to be a pull away moment. It could be right away. It might be halfway through the game, but I think that this is going to be a loss uh, and it's not like by the end of the game, they're like, yeah, we didn't, we weren't really that close, you know. Yeah. Um, what I want to happen, and I don't even know what the implications of this are for either team, but I want a tie. <laughs> I feel like that's somehow that's the best middle ground, right? Where like it doesn't affect our draft stock like too much. Oh uh, yeah, it's you know, but it. it Pipe but, dreams we might have for getting the second pick would probably go away, but we're not going to drop to eighth because of a tie. I, I don't think so, and I want the, I don't want them to gain any momentum with a win going into the playoffs. I want them to keep this skid going where it's like, God, remember how we felt after the tie with Washington? No, you would yeah. think that it was a fucking loss. Everybody was miserable. That was the yep. worst. Yep. yep. Um, because it was a game we felt we des- we needed to win a and b deserved to win, like as yep. in we we should have won that game, and you know tying was like jesus christ did we just lose like i don't even especially the philly psyche because they have you know what has it been how many in a row they've beaten us and they've been you know it's been pretty one-sided yeah games also that all of a sudden when they really need to address rehearsal for the playoffs and they really need need to treat they need to treat this game as a playoff game because if they lose this game they're losing in the wild card they're not winning that game it would take a mighty turnaround in momentum. It would take a mighty, mighty turnaround where I don't see that happening for this team. So if they are really treating this like a playoff game and they, you know, lay lay an egg right on, on the field, and it's going to be a weird environment too because it, it could either be a half-empty stadium 
awful wind, uh, weather conditions, you know, could be snow, could be that cold rain. It could be 80% Eagle fans. It could be, you know, who knows? So it's going to be a very bizarre atmosphere at, at that game. And I don't know if that helps or hurts or has really no difference on the game itself, but this is not going to be, you know, a, a giant crowd that you're used to in October, November when games meant something. This is going to be kind of gross. I appreciate everybody who actually does go to this game who is a giant fan. Yeah, really. not selling their tickets. Um, I, 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 that's what I want to see. I want to see a tie. I want their skid to continue, and I, I want the skid mark to end at uh, wild card weekend. Because <laughs> Dallas is not losing to Washington, right? I would be shocked if they lost to Washington. Oh, no, no, nothing surprises them anymore in this league. I mean, hmm. honestly, Philly losing at home to Arizona was pretty, pretty damn shocking. Yeah. This this would be right up there. But, and Dallas is on the road, which is they are not the same team. You know, we've same said that before. Same weather. But they're also like kings of not really I, – I feel like the years in which they have like really good records, they don't usually slip up on bad teams. No. So, uh, you know – it, what will happen is they'll probably kick ass, and then all of a sudden you're going to hear three days of Dallas is the team to beat and all of that stuff. You know, it's it's setting up for that. Go way over the top for Dallas, and then they lose in the first round again, and they're looking for a new coach. Um, the Pro Bowl was announced. Pro Bowl rosters were announced. The Giants had only one guy. It was Dexter Lawrence. Um, does that surprise you? <laughs> That he made it, or we only had one. Any of that, both. Yes. Uh, none and none. Yeah. That not at all. He deserved to be a Pro Bowler. Nobody else on this team, I thought, was Pro Bowl worthy. Um, I mean, the Pro Bowl is kind of silly. Uh, I think you can make. I think you can make cases for Bobby Okereke and Kayvon Thibodeau, but when you look at the, when you look at the talent that they have to overcome mm-hmm. to be named a Pro Bowler, I think yeah. you're you're kidding yourself. They're not better than those guys. I think Kayvon Thibodeau at times played like a pro bowler and I think Okereke was closer in the consistency to being a pro bowler but I think over 17 games or 16 games so far of data I don't think they are the best of the best in this league yeah I mean I think Kayvon has different see this is the thing about what it's not the, a the, knock the, on either of these guys no 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 no, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you uh, I, yeah. I, I'll agree with that um, but I think like part of it is like everything else with like all-star comparison kind of situations is like guys who are pure edge rushers that just get to go up there and just pin their ears back and then get like 12 sacks you know in the first 12 weeks right those guys being compared to like that's not what Kayvon's asked to do Kayvon does a lot more than that and not only that he did get double digit sacks in a defense that's not designed to superstar him so it's it's an apples and I don't think Kayvon like I, I I opened with that like I didn't think Kayvon was gonna get it the, the talent in front of him is too much but at the same time it makes making these votes like kind of silly. So the Pro Bowl is a different voting criteria than an All Pro. Pro it's Bowl, not even close. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's like a ten percent factor of other players determining who is on the Pro Bowl and the majority is the fan voting. So do you expect to see? Zero, one, or more than one Giants being named all pros. One would just be Dexter Lawrence, and I think you can make a good argument for it. Yeah. Same, same. I agree the same. 
I, I think you could make the case for Andrew Thomas, but this hasn't been the year. It's not this year. He's been hurt. But I mean, as far as like guys on the roster, some other guys that finished well for the Giants were uh, Saquon, Jamie Gillen, and uh, Nick McLeod as a special teams. Saquon, I, I can't. I can't vote for Saquon. No way. I for, can't. for reasons we talked about, you know, in last episode, that and I don't, I don't, I don't even want to vote for Jamie Gillen. I'm not saying he had a bad year, but like the whole special teams as a, as a whole was garbage. Nick McLeod is a very good special teams gunner, like really good. It's why I've wanted him back because he's a decent depth piece when he has to play corner. But as a special team starter, he's very, very good. But even Graham Gano before he got hurt was he was his standards. Yeah, it was he was disappointing. Uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a good roster right now. Like. The best guy, the guys you expect to reach that point either got hurt or didn't take a next step. Yeah. So, it just kind of is what it is. Or, or like, like I said, like, Kayvon is a very, very good person to have on your roster. He just isn't like the five best defensive ends in the league. He's also in his second year too. Very I mean, true. I think- yeah. I don't want people to start giving up on Kayvon and guys like him. Like, uh, well, I think he, I think Kayvon had a great second year. Sure. I'm happy with it. Yeah, of course, absolutely. You know, just again, because we're not saying there he's a Pro Bowler or something. That's like, well, it's like relax. It's his second year. Jason Pierre-Paul, I don't think was good until his third year, right? It felt like it took a while for his progress. Yeah, I mean, he was whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I as a Side note, um, I think Pro Bowl is stupid. There's, I don't think I don't see the need for like it, there's all pro already. I don't know what a Pro Bowl. Well, because there used because there was a game that at one point people halfway cared I, about. Now I, I'm now just I, saying, like uh, now, yeah. like it's like how do we save this thing? It's like, why? I don't understand. We have an all pro voting. We I'll have an all why. pro team. It's good enough for me. Because it is a something they can put on TV and it'll get better ratings than the Stanley Cup Finals. That's. That's the reality of it. It's stupid. I can't but, believe that it gets re- uh, like ratings the, like that. The Pro Bowl gets higher ratings than the Stanley Cup Finals did. I remember reading that a couple of years ago, and it's like it just blew my mind. Like also, the Hall of Fame game gets better ratings than the Stanley Cup Finals. Hall of Fame game, I at least understand, because it's the first like action. But, but people like stars, and they just want to see, hey, exactly. You know, there's Tom Brady. You know, just like waving on the sideline in an interview with Tom Brady. But it is people kind are, of exciting. It feels like they they, they give dumb. it a name. There's a Hall of Fame ceremony, and it's the first kickoff. Like everybody I know is just like, hey, you watching the Hall of Fame game late? Like it's it's like a normal thing. And the I don't think snaps. anyone, yeah, no one watches the whole thing. But I get that. I don't understand yeah. the Pro Bowl. I don't care about who's there because they. Not all of them deserve to be there. A lot of times, the be- first of all, the best players are in the Super Bowl, so they don't even show up. So, like, well, I remember again, the whole thing is stupid to me. I don't get it. I don't care. I, I again, I think it's a, I at a different time. Now I'm thinking back when I was young. You know, I always remember it was in it was in Hawaii. You know, the announcers always wore Hawaiian shirts. You always had you know very breezy, casual interviews with the players. And back then, players played. That's just what they did. You know, they didn't make nearly as much money as they did now. And, you know, you actually had, you know, for all all-star games was different. You know, in baseball, you know, guys played eight innings or seven innings and they tried to win. It wasn't just a participation. You're in there for like a series and you're out and that's that. Or, you know, such they wouldn't worry so much about injuries as they do now. So I think it's just it's a it's a concept whose time has come and gone. 
Um, and you're right. Now that the game is so irrelevant and, you know, they've replaced it with all these like punt passing kick little competitions they do. It's not even a game anymore. There is no more purpose for naming a separate team. Unless, of course, they want to again, they want to keep the fans engaged because every time you log into NFL.com and you click, there's advertising opportunities for you and engagement things and all this stuff what they love. So there's method behind their madness. It just doesn't make any sense from an actual on the field or interest standpoint from the fan. I've always felt like hockey had the coolest all-star week back in back in the day. They had like those skills competitions and the, the I used to I used to watch that all-star game like every year. I loved the baseball one back in the day because baseball is the one sport you really there's really no difference in playing an exhibition baseball game than a regular season game. Like That's obviously true. Yeah. in basketball they play zero defense. In football, it's you know very obvious you're not doing the same things you normally do. In hockey, they don't play any defense at all, so it's just scores like 11-10. But baseball was actually, you know, you're not throwing 60 mile an hour fastballs. They're trying to get guys out there swinging just as hard as they are. They're diving for balls. It felt like a real game. And um, you know the other ones are just the honor of being named is more. Imp- Leave it at that. You're named an All Star, great, and just take a week off and then come back and get ready to play. Um, in other superfluous awards, um, uh, what is it? What are those? The 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 high school superlatives. Saquon Barkley was named the uh, Ernest Acorsi uh, George Young Good Guy Award, Media Good Guy. Um, I actually thought that was going to go to Darius Slayton. Uh, I know he did that whole like training camp day like uh, like diary thing with Dan Duggan for the Athletic. I thought that was really cool. Gave a lot of insight to like the behind the scenes and locker room kind of stuff. Um, but but Saquon won it. Yeah, Saquon's a good guy. I mean, very honestly, he is in a very very tough position right now, and it's been like that since last year, where he is a very popular player. He's a very nice guy. He's a very you know he's a team guy, but he's in a situation that because of his star power and because of his reputation, he may not have a, a spot on this team anymore, and it's unfortunate. But he's handled this with class and not only class he's handled it exactly as a fan would want to hear things we've gone we've gone to an era now with player empowerment where they care more about their brand than they do their image and that's a big big difference between the two and Saquon Barkley from day one has been very protective of his image as being a New York Giant you know, he said, I want to be a giant for life forever. He said it this week. He knows that that having a bond with your fans means a lot. You know, you try your brand is you're just trying to get yourself out there and you're trying to create something that doesn't mean it's you the person as opposed to you the football player. He is more concerned about him the football player, him the New York Giant. And, you know, his comments this week about, you know, the future he's like i want to be a giant for life but who knows what's going to happen it's honest but it's saying it in a way that the fans can get behind him and they want him to come back and i think i i those are the type of things as well i think he deserves a war because he's being candid 
but he's also doing it in a way that's respectful for everybody. He's respectful. He gives the, the media their time. He's respectful to, for the fans. He's respectful for the team. He's respectful for the sport. And I think that's very refreshing in this. Look at me. It's all about me. I'm getting mine era. And I think that's great. It is, yeah. So when he received the Media Good Guy Award, he like kind of launched right into a like a press conferencing where he talked about all that stuff about how yeah. he wants to be here forever. Um, but he acknowledges his age and I, I think the point in his career, and he thinks that he's still good enough to earn a multi-year deal, and I would agree with him. Uh, he thinks it's his last shot at getting one, and I would agree with him. I think that that's those are both correct things. So while he does want to be here forever, and I, I honestly do believe that. I don't think he's lying when he says it. Um, he's going to have to do what's best for him, and I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think at this point, everybody will the, respect but, what he does after last year. So so where do we think – I think everybody wants to be together here, right? Like I think like Daniel Jones would prefer to have him. Brian Dable would pre- would prefer to have him. I think Joe Shane would prefer to have him. And I think John Mara would prefer to have him. And we already went over. We think that Saquon Barkley prefers to be here. It's just I, the landing spot for everybody. And I think, and I think the fans all want it. Like, there, I don't think there's one giant fan out there. Well, there might be one. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead, go ahead. Make your point. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, okay, with the exception of one, I think every giant fan in a perfect universe, if this was the, if this was baseball and no salary cap and no you know, luxury tax implications at all, it would be like, you bring him back next year. We'll worry about it later. But that's not the world we live in. I think it's the question of what makes the most sense. And I think Barkley built so much goodwill out of how he handled last year you know, and signing the contract with the incentives and stuff. And really, I, I think nobody can doubt his sincerity. Um, everything he said, like you said, is true. There's nothing in there that isn't true and nothing, quite frankly, that he shouldn't have said. They're all truths that we all have to agree with. The question's going to be, like you said, where where do we fall with this? Is it, you know, do we want him at all costs? Do we want him at too little of a cost or too much? I don't know. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about it ad nauseum between, you know, the final whistle on Sunday and whenever he signs a contract somewhere. Yeah, uh, and I think that he is – I only thought of this just because you mentioned the incentives. Uh, I think he's – not that this is one of them. I think his incentive was 1,500. But I think if he gets something like 74 or 84 rushing yards, he'll hit 1,000 on the year. And I think we will do everything we can to get him that. I mean getting that – As in <laughs> stuffing him into a, a yeah. brick wall for 28 times on Sunday? Exactly. Uh, you know. And it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, if we're down 17 points, you know, is he one of those guys that's gonna sit, or are we just going to, you know, or are we going to risk potentially winning just to get him his, you know, his number? I don't know. No, that's gonna happen either. Well, it'd be cool if he rips it off in like one thing. You know what I mean? Like well, that'd he be just fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, right? But I just in general, I think it would be cool that where we don't even have to think about it. Like early on in the game, he just rips off like a 70 yarder for a touchdown or something like that. Uh, I, I want him to get all the money he can out of this contract. I think it's, you know, I think every Giant fan should be rooting for him and whatever incentives he can hit in this last game. And I think, I do not think, again, as a show of good faith by this organization, you know, from the top down, 
I don't think they're going to suppress him just so we don't have to pay him the money. No, I don't think so. Like, you mean yeah. Russell Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> oh um, I think the incentive is 1500 though, so I don't think he's getting the incentive. I, it's yeah, just an yeah, actual benchmarking. <laughs> uh, that's what we said when he signed it, though. We're like, oh, he, he signed this different deal that has incentives that could get him up to this, but he's not going to hit these incentives. They're impossible. Uh, and the moment he had the high ankle sprain, the, all of them were That out. was all done, yeah. for sure. Um, and honestly, the day Andrew Thomas got hurt, that pretty much ended. And then yeah. when Daniel Jones got hurt, that uh, really week ended. one, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we weren't talking about the seven blocks of granite offensive line. And then, you know, when the best player gets hurt right away, that pretty much that started the recalibration of what the season was going to be. And then, you know, everything obviously snowballed. Um, last thing, uh, all the assistants were asked what they thought of their future. Um, Main ones, obviously, are Bobby Johnson, who just was like, ah, I'm focusing on the game. Uh, <laughs> Thomas McGahey was like, well, I have another year left on my contract. Uh, that's, that is an accurate statement. Every assistant does. That is true. Uh, and then Wink Martindale, you know, obviously got a lot more special treatment. They asked him a lot more questions. I don't think that he said anything different. I don't really have anything to say about it, do you? I, the, I mean, if you want to read the tea leaves, him saying, I expect to be here next year, I think tells you a lot. Yeah, I, I think the exact quote is, I don't know why I wouldn't be here. It, it, yeah, that makes it, 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 that tells me that at least from his side of the story, he's coming back. Yeah, now, yeah I mean, n- that, but nothing really new. That's not saying anything like, yes, I expect to or, or anything like that. It's It's just as vague as everything else. So. And he went into this whole thing about hard questions and, and tough conversations that he'd have to have with in relation to Brian Dayball and all that other stuff. And that it's all strictly football and all this other stuff. So basically nothing new. Uh, and then we'll find out at the end of the year like we always knew. And, you know, that is what it is. And I, I hope that they can shake hands and be like better football next year. And, and hopefully what they do is they shit or get off the pot with a decision sooner than later because – you know, we're going to be getting into really quickly into talent evaluation, the senior bowls in a few weeks, and we're getting ready for next year. And if they're going to launch him, you know, they got to make a decision who you're going to replace him with. And it might mean tweaking who you want, what type of player you want on this defense. So, again, I think the decision if the, the, the more time that goes from a, a day two, couple days, few days passes and he's still here, he's not going anywhere. I've got nothing else other than I am, uh, like, a little bit more excited for this game than I thought I would be. I am ranking this in order. I'm If it's a snow game, I'm more excited. Um, seeing everybody at the tailgate for the last time this year gets me excited. Um, playing a team I hate excited. The actual 60 minutes of the game does not make me very excited. I, I don't know how much I can come out of this game and be like, oh, that was good. I, other than, you know, even a win would be like, that's great we beat those fuckers, but you know, we kind of screwed ourselves a bit. So I'm just looking forward. It's it's our last you know, NFL weekend of the year. It's, it's being active participants in it, you know, as, as opposed to just watching the playoffs, you know, on our couch. And it's sad. It, it happened too fast this year. Season flew, didn't it? So much went on, and it seems like it's, it's over already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it always seems that way, though, because with all the work and going from 
preview to review episodes and the next thing you know it's like i went to one day of work and it's friday and now yeah I gotta... and we're sick because we went to so many games and we traveled around and you know it's over yeah it's sad but you know uh, a cycle of draft seasons around the corner so uh this is just a fun friendly reminder i have a separate youtube channel the football grump channel um i have a super duper cool video about the ufl um that I'm going to link below, but in two weeks in wildcard weekend, uh, I will start having draft stuff on that channel. So if that's a huge interest for you, that's a channel to follow. That's where, and, and we're going to do it on this show, but this show is focused on the giants and it's focused on yeah. the entire off season, which usually means free agency first and dealing with contracts and stuff like that. My draft stuff is strictly draft stuff. So even if, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone listening to this is a Giants fan, but if you've got friends that are big time, I don't, Texans fans or something like that, and they're just as out of it and, you know, they're interested in the draft or whatever, you can send them my way as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that's going to do it for this, and we will see you all on Tuesday morning with our final uh, recap game episode on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And then following that will be our year-end recap with a special guest, all in the same places as well, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course YouTube. In the interim, you can follow us on Twitter, at football underscore grump and at the cranky fan. And until Tuesday, go Giants. Go Giants.